All right, we got some special guests that are going to be coming on here in just a few moments. I've got uh, Tarantula. That's not it. Tom Patterson's going to come by. Frank Silman's going to come by. Uh, a few other people. So we're going to we're gonna have a lot of chat, chatting going on. Is that a thing? Uh, but before we get into that, I do want to thank the sponsors of today's show. And our first sponsor today is no stranger to the podcast. And that is our friends over at Arthropod Ambassadors. Now, their aim is to support others interested in bugs and the well-being of arthropods around the world. They're working on spreading education with ResinArt, the Mobile Bug Zoo, and informational YouTube videos, as well as a recent new line of stickers and pins. From compost-enhancing roly-polies to alien-like top predator mantises, arthropods come in all shapes and sizes and are waiting to teach us more about the earth that we all have in common. So if you're looking for a mantis, jumping spiders, isopods, roaches, or assassin bugs, head on over to arthropodambassadors.com and check out what species they have available. You can also find very helpful care videos for your pet mantis, scorpions, vingaroons, isopods, tarantulas, and other arthropods on their YouTube channel, also called Arthropod Ambassadors. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date with any new content or species that they may have available in the future. So a huge thanks to Arthropod Ambassadors for sponsoring this podcast. And if you want to learn more about them, I'll link the podcast that we did together at the end of this video or down below in the show notes. And our second sponsor today is none other than tarantulacribs.com. If you're looking for high-end acrylic enclosures for your tarantulas, scorpions, isopods, or pretty much any invertebrate, then you need to head over to tarantulacribs.com. They recently restocked their website, and they have some new products coming out in the very near future like larger enclosures. So whether you're looking for an arboreal or terrestrial enclosure, they have a wide variety of sizes for any stage of your invert's life. I use them a lot for my tarantulas and true spiders, and they're my favorite enclosure by far. And if you use the code TCollective10 at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your entire order. Currently, they're only available to residents of the United States, but they are working on international shipping, so hopefully that'll be available soon. So thank you so much, Tarantula Cribs, for supporting this podcast and for all the sponsors today. You guys are awesome and you're integral in keeping this podcast up and running. So thank you so much for your support. Now, and so I didn't expect it to be this crazy. Uh, people would slowly be making their way in here. All right, we got our, we got our first guest. Uh, our first guest today is uh, Dr. Linda Rayor from Cornell University. All right, so thank you for uh, coming on. And I mean, it's, it's awesome having you here at Fear Not. Can you uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Rayer. I'm at Cornell University, and I've studied spiders uh, off and on for 40 years, and mostly for the last 30 years. Um, I really feel very passionately about spiders. Um, my specialty is social spiders, okay. and I'm interested in spiders that live in groups. And so I'm interested in tarantulas that are communal and live together. But my real specialty are the huntsman spiders. I like huntsman spiders, yeah. I like huntsman <laughs> spiders, too. Very cool. So what what exactly are you all doing at Cornell? Your husband was telling me a little bit about the... Uh, it was kind of like a, an exhibit that you guys had set up where people would come in and there was a bunch of different inverts and stuff like that? So, a number of different things. Okay. Um, so, one, we have Insectapalooza. The Department of Entomology puts on Insectapalooza every fall that isn't COVID yeah. um, <laughs> in late October. And this is open to the public and usually has about 35 different exhibits, and I run the arthropod zoo, okay. which are basically spiders 
and we bring in a few insects, but largely it's spiders from my lab and live butterfly house and things like that. Okay. And you said you were studying like the social aspects of spiders. Is that like, what, what exactly are you looking for when you do that? So my own work is on social huntsman spiders from Australia and more and more other parts of the world. And there truly are not that many. Um, actually, can I give a different answer here? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so less than 2% of all the spiders in the world out of the almost 50,000 spider species that have been described live in groups beyond initial <laughs> maternal care in some of them. And many of the spiders that live together are either cobweb spiders or velvet spiders that live in big webs. And you can have hundreds of thousands of spiders. And they're really, really cool. That's not what I study. What okay. I study are huntsmen that live together in social groups of mothers and their young. And they're really, really interesting and very unusual compared to the other social spiders. Um, and um, I've discovered four species that also live in mother-offspring groups, plus the main one, the Lena cancerides, which is yeah. just awesome. And I suppose what interests me is I've always been interested in social behavior. I started out studying prairie dogs, uh, prairie dog social behavior. I've always been interested in mammals and primates and then got interested in spiders. And spiders are awesome. So I've been interested in how do you get cannibals that live together without eating one another. Yeah. Do it. So anyway, that's what I do. Okay. Have you? Uh, is it just you that studies it, or is there like a whole? Do you have like a bunch of students that are also studying as well? Or? Right now, I primarily just have undergraduates who work with me. Although I have had gra great graduate students who have done work with me on the spiders. Um, there are not that many people in the world who study social spiders. Yeah. And almost all of them are women for whatever reason. <laughs> That's interesting. Women are dominating the social spiders. And actually, women professionally are dominating um, studying spider behavior for whatever reason. I don't know. That but. is interesting. Now, is it most of the studying? Does it take place like in a lab? Or do you like go out on location and, and kind of view them in nature? So what I do is um, I try to combine the two. So um, most of my work has been in Australia, or most of my recent work has been in Australia. And uh, I do field work and I collect spiders. Unfortunately, with huntsmen, they're under the bark of trees or under rocks. And so it's not like... You can uh, disrupt their retreats and put them back and then come back another day. So you're either watching them when they come out from under the tree bark or, uh, um, you know, when they're out foraging, whatever they're doing. And that's usually middle of the night, so yeah. it's, it's not optimal <laughs> viewing. But so I combine field work plus... Um, uh, uh, work in the lab because you can see them better. So I've got them, I've got them in aquariums uh, where I've got um, artificial bark that's clear plastic, and you can see 
through it. Oh, that's clever. Look at their behavior. Yeah, yeah. it works great, actually. Nice. Because you really need to be able to see them. How many different species do you study, like, currently? Like, right now, do you, is it just, like, one that you're focusing on, or do you have, like, 15, 20 different species? Um, over... I'll give you a diff- slightly different answer. Over the last 20 years, I've studied about 40 different species, about 30 of them different, 30 of them pretty well. Um, primarily, they have been the Aussie species that I've collected, but also I I have benefited so much by the pet trade, actually. Uh, you know, beautifully in terms of, you know, Frank Soma, has brought in diverse huntsmen from different parts of the world. And as I've traveled in different parts of the world, I've been able to uh, legally collect them and study their behavior from there. And I'm particularly interested in kind of early mother offspring behavior. People don't think of spiders as being... uh, maternal, but yeah. in fact huntsmen and bunches of other spiders are really good moms. And so I'm interested in how long they tolerate the young, how long the siblings are together and might share prey. And yeah. so things along that line. So so anyway, I've benefited a lot from spiders coming in through the pet trade. So what's the, the most interesting <laughs> behavior that you've observed or studied? Is there like is there, are any of them like really keep like do they keep their babies you know kind of near them for a long amount of time or do any of the husbands exhibit any kind of communal behavior? You're asking an impossible question. What's coolest <laughs> about spiders? You know, it's not like this is an easy thing. So I think what's coolest about spiders that that really rev revs me up is when. Uh, I just showed you a picture of siblings of multiple different cohorts, so different ages and different sizes sharing prey. And what excites me about this is it's kind of a way of saying, okay, I'm a predator, but I'm tolerant enough that I'm willing to share prey with you rather than killing you. And the fact that spiders do this and cooperate on prey sharing, I think is really kind of a, a central thing that I just love watching it. Yeah. You know, you know how um, some people watch goldfish in their lab? I personally like watching spiders kill things and uh, eat them in my lab. So, you know, Friday afternoon I'm feeding and going, yeah, this is great, this is what you want to do. So, anyway... Um, so for me, the social huntsman is sharing prey and being willing to be near one another. And they stay together for um, about a year and a half before they disperse out. And so really the, the, um, the, the teenagers are not leaving until they're sexually mature or about to be sexually mature and dispersing. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. And, and, and if I could say, and then they get really crazy and uh, start killing one another because they want to be the only one breeding in the area. So you've got this cooperation and conflict, and I am just totally drawn to this. Is that is that why you study huntsmen specifically? Or, I mean, what drew you to that particular type of spider instead of, you know, black widows or house spiders or tarantulas? Um... 
When I first started teaching spider biology at Cornell University in the, I don't even want to talk about it, in the 90s, um, I got tarantula crazy. You know, I, I was using them for teaching and all of a sudden just went crazy and really just didn't find a system that I was that excited by or that I thought could, I could take that far. Uh, but I read about a social huntsman in Australia and have ended up collaborating with my Australian colleague, Dave Roll. And so I went to Australia thinking, okay, so these huntsman spiders are doing what all the huntsman spiders do, or excuse me, what all of the other social species do. And it turned out they were so friggin' weird. Really? The fact that they were so... Um, this this combination of staying together for, you know, over a year and then fighting with one another and dispersing and competing for very, very rare retreats in the habitat was just fascinating. And then as I discovered new species that had similar behavior, it was just amazing. And so a lot of my work has been comparing the huntsman. And so it's my system. So um, there are other people that study huntsman systematics. I'm the person in the world who studies huntsman behavior. So, and my students. Yeah. So how many students... Are like on your team? Um, right now, I have uh, four undergrads okay. working in my lab. And part of this is because I've got a lot of spiders. I need help feeding. So, <laughs> I I, but, you know, different ones are doing research at different times. Is there anything uh, new that's coming out on the horizon? Like, a, do you want to talk about? Um. I suppose the two things that I've been working hardest on lately is collaborating with a former student on the huntsman phylogeny. So this is the family tree and the relationships of the huntsman, because in today's world, you really need to know who's related to who in order to make conclusions. And then the other thing... Um, is we've been racing huntsman spiders, and huntsman spiders truly teleport. And uh, anybody, anybody who is a, have you studied? Have you you have at least one huntsman? I do. Yeah, I've got uh, one of the David Bowie huntsman spiders. Okay, David Bowie, I are cool and yeah. weird, but one of the things that I've been doing is my students and I have been racing them. And turns out some of the fastest can run as much as uh, 130 centimeters a second. These guys just teleport around, and they are really hard to catch, but they are really interesting spiders. How are you able to measure, measure their speed? <laughs> so what we did is the way people run most things is in kind of open tubes. But the problem is huntsmen can walk on anything. You can have a big huntsman on the ceiling without any problem. So what we do is we have hollow um, uh, uh, acrylic tubes that they run in, and then we've got uh, cages on either side that we're catching them in. Okay. So, it, so then how do you actually measure their speed then? Is it oh like a time thing and a distance, or do you have like a speed gun? 
uh, we've got a high-speed camera, and then are running the videos, and we're collaborating with a Costa Rican who is doing computer computer modeling and tracking their runs, basically. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's really neat. It's really, really neat. That does sound a little complicated, actually. <laughs> it's, it's more high-tech than I personally am. Yeah. But, but anyway, that's what we've been doing. This is falling off there. That's very cool. Well, thank you so much. Sure, sure. Frank is hanging where he was. He was hanging Frank out behind you. <laughs> he was he was one to sit in your chair. <laughs> but would you would you be willing to come on the podcast again later when we can do it just you and I, like uh, when it's quieter? maybe like through Zoom or something? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> that would be really cool because it seems like people have been very interested. Uh, what you're saying. I don't even know how we got 131 people right now watching us. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully they can hear us. <laughs> cool. So so you didn't ask me anything about Monster Bug Wars. Oh, I did? I thought you told me not to. No, you can't ask about Monster Bug Wars. I've just been surprised nobody has asked me about Monster Bug Wars. Well, tell us, tell us about Monster Bug Wars. <laughs> um. How did it start? Well, exactly. First, tell so, us what so it is. Can I assume? Okay. <laughs> so, Monster Bug Wars was produced in uh, 2011 and, and 2012. Okay. And I, I'll give you a slightly longer answer if you don't mind. So, I, I was asked to be in a video about Aust- Australian. Spiders, and they basically they wanted a pretty woman to talk about spiders, okay. <laughs> who had an American accent. This was key for them, and it was a really interesting film because some of us were on screen just kind of talking about whatever we were talking about, and other people were less animated and were pretty stiff. And so, about a year later, I got a call from Discovery. And um, the the production team in Australia asking me to be in the video. They wanted me to do a pilot, which turned into Monster Bug Wars. And it was super because one year it was filmed in Australia, one year it was filmed in Costa Rica. And I've got. I am sad to say that I did all of my end of the talking at Cornell University or in Sydney, Australia, yeah. that I, where I, when I was visiting, and. But they would often send me video clips and say, okay, what's the biology happening here? And it was really exciting because I could be a biologist and make sure that they were using the right biology. And the photography was just bloody amazing. And so it was really exciting. And, And last night at dinner, people mentioned that lots of you have watched I haven't seen all of them I, you know I was in it yeah and this, this is the show that's on Discovery right where they have they'll have like two different kind of like inverts or something right and they like essentially like list their stats like and then and so they're battling them. but but they're doing it right they listen to me it's good yeah. biology and so some of it is you know arthropods fighting it out but some of it is really um, kind of what they do in their own lives. And um, Alan Henderson, who is a spectacular macro photographer, was wrangling the animals in Australia. So yeah. this was, this was pre- and, and Costa Rica. So anyway, it's an interesting show Definitely. that I'm proud of anyway. Yeah. I think 
I think my kid was the one who first turned me on to it. He was like, you should do a video like this and was showing it to me. And I was like, that is really cool. I really like the graphics and stuff in it, too. The graphics were awesome. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't know if that's what you wanted to hear about Monster Bug Wars. Definitely. But but it it was really a fun thing to be part of. Yeah. That I've I've been on television in various things and kind of gone, man, this is just, you know, that you talk for 20 minutes or you talk for an hour and they use a minute of it. Yeah. And Monster Bug Wars, I basically just like doing it. I like the crews. I like the producer. It was a fun thing to do. And I think one of the big things that's important to me is outreach and getting kids excited about science. And spiders are really charismatic microinvertebrates. (laughs) You know, they're really charismatic. And the way I was thinking of it is Monster Bug Wars was big-time science outreach. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've seen a lot of, like, there was Monster Bug Wars, and then there was uh, Coyote Peterson from Brave Wilderness. There's a lot of guys out there that are doing stuff to just kind of try to bring people in on the science aspect. I think I would rather emphasize real biology and less of the risk-taking of doing things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you've kept spiders for years, and I would bet that most of us have been bitten once or twice, but mostly if you're careful, this is not our reality. I've only been bitten once, and that was by a ball python. Like, none of my inverts have ever bitten or stung me so far. So it's like 21 years now, uh, no, uh, no incidents. Okay, so I've worked with spiders for 30 years, and I've been bitten 12 times, and four of those times it actually hurt, yeah. or, you know, hurt and lasted beyond that first day. Yeah, but you're probably a lot more hands-on with your spiders that you're studying them and doing research. Than- you know, if there's a huntsman <laughs> running across the forest floor or running across my lab, i got to yeah. grab it. <laughs> you know, it's a trade-off. Yeah. My hub, my hubby is tall, and so he gets the ones that are up on the ceiling for me. Oh, but. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been very nice meeting Pleasure you. Pleasure talking with I know you. Frank wants to get on here before he He's, goes to the beach, so I have to get him right away. <laughs> Thanks. Happy to talk with you. All right, so I am back, everybody. Everyone say hello to Frank. Uh, what does it say? The real Spider-Man. <laughs> I knew she had some kind of funny thing on there. Uh, here's some headphones. Oh, wow. Okay. So fancy here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly like the Joe Rogan podcast, except I'm not funny at all. <laughs> Let's just get a little bit closer to the mic there. All right. So, uh, Frank, you are from New York. Yes. I've, I've heard. So, I'm sure everybody knows about you, but can you just tell us a little bit about your business and, and what you do? Uh, well, um how it all began? How it all began? Yeah, we'll uh, start there. Okay, uh, second grade. Okay. <laughs> Let's go way back. Yeah, I was uh, collecting spiders in my parents' backyard, and, well, I think just blossomed from there. So 17, 18 years old, I started uh, working with reptiles, and uh, the spiders always had, they always held a certain interest for me. Okay. And... Uh, so I started working with tarantulas. Now, a lot of people today know me as like true spiders, huntsmen, widows, jumpers. But I started with tarantulas and, you know, amassed a collection of 
probably a hundred or two hundred spiders, which nowadays it's nothing. People have like that in their closet. Yeah. But back then in, in the eighties, there was like four species, five species available. No, there wasn't. You had pink toes, you had Haitian tarantulas, rose hairs, red knees. And uh, so I started, you know, collecting. And uh, in the early 90s, I, I, uh, I started getting magazines for overseas, like uh, invert magazines. Okay. Like, uh, what was I doing? The for? BTS Journal? Or? Not the BTS. It was, a, it was called uh, Invertebrate International Magazine. And okay. in the back, it had a bunch of classifieds. And. Uh, I saw like uh, Holland and Germany and all these places that had these great species and these great price lists. And so I I got my import license in 1994. Yeah. And I imported from Holland and it was all for myself. It wasn't for business. It wasn't for, you know, retail, wholesale. And uh, I, I got, you know, I found out how to import. I got my in, import license and went to the airport and did the whole thing. It was like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. And it was a big box of tarantulas and a whole bunch of different spiders, mantids back then because we were allowed to import them. And uh, it was all for myself. But then I found that importing, you, uh, the costs start adding up. Yeah, I can imagine. And I was bringing these boxes. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, back then, it was like $500. I'm like, oh, my God, it's supposed to be $500. And I was like, okay. So I started posting things on the boards. There was no social media back then. Yeah. There was no Facebook, Instagram. It was just, you know, internet. Yeah. So you're talking about arachnoboards, right? Arachnoboards, okay. petbugs, petbugs.com, okay. which was before arachnoboards. And uh, I started posting different things. And, you know, sometimes I'd have people buying things, but there was no interest in you know, the oddball stuff. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wanted red knees. Everybody wanted Goliath bird spiders. So, um, and from there, just, um, I started importing more and more and started importing postal theria and all the different species of tarantulas and it became big business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when <laughs> was, would you say it kind, of, it kind of took off? I mean, would that like 2000 or before then? Yeah. You know, if, the old timers know remember Brian Capiz, arachnocentric from Chicago. Okay. Brian was probably one of the first one of the first people to really start actively importing and selling, you know, tarantula captive red slings. Okay. And um, so I guess that was in the mid nineties. And I started uh, really getting busy in the late two uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. And that was the shipments coming in were thousand to three thousand tarantulas which nowadays that's like a small shipment yeah <laughs> and back then it was like wow yeah. um big shipment and um i started wholesaling out to a lot of the big names back then swifts and vertebrates and you know, a whole bunch of different names so um and then in i guess 2010 i kind of faded out with the tarantulas and got more interested in the true spiders so what was it about true spiders that pulled you away from tarantulas? Or what was it about tarantulas that you got bored with? No, I didn't get bored with tarantulas. No. Uh, no, tarantulas are great. Um, no, I just always uh, always like the web-building spiders and, you know, the uh, net-casting spiders and spitting spiders. So it was uh, just more interesting habits for yeah. me. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so I started working with them and found a big following and a lot of people interested in them. And 
Um, and that's pretty much how it goes. Now I'm still doing that today. But and now you have the, it's what's it called? The New York Insect New York Insect Zoo. That came okay. up. Okay, so um, I got calls from schools. I was on a radio show in New York, and I was on. I was in a newspaper, and I think a news station. I went on, and I had some spiders and some insects with me. And two days later, I had schools leaving messages on my phone. Yeah, and it just that just grew and grew. And before I knew, I had a hundred schools I was going to. You know, five schools a week, you know, five <laughs> classes a day. Wow. Doing presentations and lectures for kids. So, and, and I call myself the insect zoo because I've always worked with a lot of other different inverts. Mantids, uh, beetles, uh, you know, all different things. Scorpions, amphipigids, solifugids. So it wasn't just spiders. And I, uh, so I started going to the schools and that's how New York Insect Zoo came up. Right on. And uh, I enjoy doing that. I mean, yeah. it sounds like it's turned into a full-time job. It was. After I retired from the fire department, it was. It was full-time. Yeah. Yeah. Until so, COVID hit, I guess. Yeah. Last year was not a good year. <laughs> last year, it was uh, how many schools I went to? I went to zero. It was yeah. a big mistake. Um, yeah. Hopefully, next year will be better. But I've been, I've been working on a few TV shows. I can't mention names or titles of them. It's sure. a non-disclosure agreement. So... Next year, those shows will be out. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, and some major networks. And, uh, Very cool. Yeah, and I enjoy the educational aspect. And, uh, I mean, my sales are, you know, I'm not a big advertiser. You know, yeah. You know, I, how I, do I, people find you if they're, if they're looking for... Face, Facebook. Facebook? Well, Google Google my name. Okay. So yeah. just Google Frank Soma or... Frank Soma Spiders. Or, okay. Yeah, they'll, they'll find me there. Right on. Yeah. So, but... Uh, I mean, is it mainly true spiders that you're selling, or do you also have like tailless whip scorpions? Tailless whip millipedes. scorpions, uh, not too much with the millipedes. A lot of native species of millipedes, centipedes, yeah. a lot of different species. Scorpions, I've gotten into big time recently, um, but mainly true spiders and, and a few tarantulas. But uh, obviously, tarantulas, we have a lot of other great people doing tarantulas now <laughs> down here. Fear not tarantulas for the yeah. grand opening. Yeah, um, you can see it's packed. I mean, this line's been out the door, down the block for hours. Is the line? Is there still a line? There is still a line, Jeez. and <laughs> I'm looking at the owner over here. Yeah, you know, Tanya, Tanya she's, Stewart. She's staying right yeah. off camera. She's staying off camera, but like, it's just impressive here. It's really impressive. Yeah, you know? it, it's it's a little mind blowing. It is my blood. Uh, last night I was worried that not many people were going to show up or it was just going to be like a slow trickle all day. Right. And, and, and then this morning pulling up and seeing a line, like it looked like uh, the new iPhone was coming out. Exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I actually thought the guys next door had some like sneaker sale. Yeah. You get right. some really cheap yeah. shoes or something. I was like, wow, they're all here for the tarantulas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. But she's doing great. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want tarantulas, come here. Definitely. If you're not tarantulas. And she also knows how to throw a nice one hell of a party. And it's a hell of a party. Yeah, yeah. Hot dogs, bratwurst. Yeah, uh, there's going to be games, raffles, giveaways. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really great. So, I mean, um, yeah, so I'm really just doing the true spiders mainly. That's very I still have tarantulas. A modest, maybe 100 to 200 tarantulas, you know, small number. What's a good true spider for somebody to start off with, especially if they're transitioning from tarantulas? Transitioning. Uh, I'm going to recommend, like, okay, if you like web builders like Colcocania, you know, the crevice weavers, you know, really interesting, long living, five years, six years for a true spider, which is pretty long. Yeah. And and, uh, and then maybe some of the huntsman spiders, like Heteropoda venatoria, can be fast, but yeah, really interesting and good growth rate, good size, you know, visually. 
out in the open, you know. Um, but uh, there are different parameters. You have to, like certain uh, conditions you have to meet with different true spiders because there's a lot more species. Tarantulas, you have 800, 900 species. Yeah. True spiders is, uh, well, rhinomorphs, there's, you know, 40,000, 50,000 species. Oh, wow. So, yeah, water spiders, <laughs> fishing spiders, crab yeah. spiders. So, yeah, the conditions are a little slightly different. Um, widows are very easy. Everybody's thinking of widow. Oh, my God, they're dangerous. Yeah. Um, they're venomous. All spiders are. Except right. for one small group of Euloborids, uh, uh, small feather-like spiders. Um, but they're not aggressive. They're not defensive. Widows, Latrodectus, will generally drop from their web or they'll go and hide. But, you know, they, they are strictly web-bound. They're clumsy when they're out of their web. Yeah. But they're great captives. You can put them in a jar. They'll yeah. build a web. Toss in a cricket. And there's lots of different species. I've worked with uh, Latrodectus elegans from Thailand, which we call the Hellfire Widow. It has like racing flames on its back. Nice. And, and uh, redbacks from Australia with the red stripe. And then you have white widows from Jordan and Israel, which are pure white. I've never seen those. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a white black widow. Wow. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, beautiful spider. So the widows, you have a lot of different species. Um, huntsman spiders, tons of species available in the hobby. You have Holconia from Australia, the abandoned huntsmans, and uh, David Bowie, heteropoda David Bowie, just bright orange one. I love that one. Beautiful yeah. spiders. Uh, I think Tanya has uh, some heteropoda bowie here, which is a big green, six, seven inch leg span species. Um, and jumping spiders, you have Phidippus regis, the regal jumpers, which are also nice pets. You know, they're very interactive, you know, uh, have almost like personalities. Yeah. So it, there's a lot of great true spiders to work with. Um, a lot of people like the orb weavers. Orb weavers I recommend more for once you gain and have a little experience because a lot of orb weavers weave large webs. Okay. So they need support, a large area. Yeah. You know, a lot of them feed on flying prey. I, I, I see, you know, from being on Facebook, I see a lot of people selling, like, uh, those spiny old weavers. And there are species that just are not good in captivity. Okay. Like spiny old weavers. It's just not a good spider. Yeah. Um, you know, they, do, they don't build webs in captivity. So huh. the spider starves to death. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I've got a lot on my front porch. That's like oh, Weaver Central. I don't know if it's the spiny ones, but I just, I know that there's. Oh, yeah. There's, they love my front porch for whatever yeah, reason. A couple thousand species of old weavers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Great spiders. But those I recommend more once you gain a little experience. Yeah. So I would stick with the smaller you know, jumping spiders, uh, hunting spiders, wandering spiders, where everybody's going to freak and say, um, oh my God, the Brazilian wandering spider, Venutria, it's dangerous, this, that. There's a lot of different wandering spiders. Okay. And they're not all medically significant like Venutria is. Yeah. You know, great, great family, um, great, you know, genus. Um, and they get big, they're colorful, and uh, really cool spiders to work with. So they can be fast, you know, but, you know, and yeah. pigeons, you know, it's, Lots of different things out there. Yeah. You know, so. I really like, I've got one species of um, of the tailless whip scorpion. It was the... Uh, Jamin Medius. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. you the one that corrected me? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I bought it as a diadema 
And then I made a video, and then you're like, oh, that's not actually the species. Yeah, so I know. It was like very frustrating trying to figure out what species your tailless with is. A lot of Facebook, see, I, I get attacked. You know, I like you know trying to you know if I see something needs to be ID correctly, I'll go there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it, it might seem like I'm being like a little rude or a little well, like no, you know, no. it, it, yeah. but I'm not I'm not trying because uh, anybody that knows me on Facebook knows like, yeah listen I'm just trying to give you the right idea yeah and, and I am wrong sometimes you know I admit it yeah <laughs> But yeah, diadema comes from Tanzania, Kenya. Tanzania hasn't exported since uh, well, it's been six or seven years. So now the majority of daemon that come into the U.S. are medias. They're from Ghana and Togo. Okay. Um, a little bit more forested, moisture-loving species. They're bigger than diadema. And then Cameroon, you have Damon Johnson Eye, which is a monster. Yeah, uh, it's like are those the ones you were talking about last night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the ones that yeah, the ones that I well, heterophrynus is a big South American one. There, yeah, that's not a tremendous. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I was the one that corrected you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, they're great pets too. You know, um, actually, Linda had done a bunch of work with Amber Pidgeot years ago. Yeah, Doctor Linda Rayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how I met her. Was using ample pigeons. You know, she was doing work with social behavior. So uh, I have Euro pigeons, and I just got a bunch of velvet worms in yesterday. Oh, those my... ones that were spitting glue. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, Peripetus and Epiperipetus. They're really primitive. You know, kind of crossover between worms and arthropods. Yeah. And, and they use a they spit. It's like a natural glue to yeah. trap their prey, but it's really strong. So I was in my hotel room, like separating out Peripetus for your next guest, probably Tom Patterson. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was, um, yeah, he's hiding. He's right over there hiding, bat boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what happened? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but okay. So you guys, uh, you're all heading to the beach today? Uh, well, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, later on. Okay. Yeah, get, get some relaxing, you know, done. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, what are you going to be doing today? Uh, this, this is it. This is it? <laughs> Go have dinner and then uh, relax in the hotel room, I think. Gotta, yeah, no, it sounds like a plan. I'm not used yeah. to being around. I didn't, I didn't grow up in New York, so I'm not used to being around all these people. Well, I got—I I live in New York, but I'm in—I'm uh, in like a borough, so it's more yeah. like a—it's not the city, city. You know? Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's an island. I'm in the outskirts. Gotcha. Um, but uh, when I think of New York, I think of thousands of people living on top of each other. Uh, yeah. In the city, yeah, Manhattan, yeah, you have thousands of people living on top of each other. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, like suburb. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, it's been great. I mean, it's been great coming down here and meeting you guys. And you know, yeah, um, it's strange talking to people on Facebook and and that being your only interaction, and then actually getting to meet people in person. So, you get, it, it really kind of gives you a whole different idea of who they are. My with okay with my business when somebody like PMs me or sends me a message, I immediately say, "Here's my phone number." Call me mm. because I have always found the phone to be more personal. Like, and it probably freaks people out these days, though. 
call you. <laughs> Just give me a call. You know, then you hear this. Well, no, I don't think it freaks people out because I think they see there's not a scammer on the other end. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. Facebook, I mean, a lot of these small businesses, you know, who knows, they pop up and you know, you hear horror stories online. So at least if people, they, they hear a voice, you know, yeah. they, okay, they hear a voice, they hear a tone in your voice. So it's, that's me. I like yeah. person. I like contact. You know, talking to people. And everybody tell you. You know, it's like, oh, Frank always calls. He hates writing. He hates emailing. He doesn't like texting. I tell them, just pick up your phone and call me. You know, I'm like old school. You know? like, pick up your phone. That's so, very cool. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been great here. I'm yeah, I had a great time, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, me neither. It was it was a little intimidating, not just all the people that were here, but that at the same time the doors were opening, they got a delivery. Of, yeah, she got a big, big delivery big import. I was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be a wild day. <laughs> yeah, she's got to work cut out for us. She's yeah. got. It seems like she has a great crew here, and you know, good workers and. Yeah. Yeah, you know, really going well. So, so you're on Facebook. Uh, is it Frank Soma on Facebook or the New York Just New York Insect Zoo? New York yeah, Insect Zoo. On Insect Zoo. All right. Yeah. I, I post a lot of pictures. You know, I answer questions. You know, and, uh, you're on Instagram as well. I am on Instagram now. I got like 10 pictures on Instagram. Nice. I thought I yeah. saw you on there. Okay. Yeah, I just got on TikTok too, but oh, I don't man. know what that is. Oh, that's bad news. <laughs> I try. I can't. I can't do it. I'm no Kelly Fornes when it comes to that. Uh, that guy, he's got his TikTok game down. I, I can't compete. He does. I, you know what? I, I did one video on TikTok. It's really funny because uh, my girlfriend's like all into She knows how to do this stuff. And, yeah. And, I did a video and I have a black uh, Egyptian solo fugit, one of the camel spiders. Yeah. And it's chewing up a roach. Like, they're, they're very hyperactive and it's chewing up a roach. Like, and so I put in the song Eat It by uh, one of these old 80s uh, weird oh, Yeah. And I have the TikTok and it says Eat It. And you see the solo fugit just chewing away on it. So it was, it was you know, <laughs> I was messing around with it. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know you're like incredible with this here. <laughs> I do what? I said you're incredible with all this stuff. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> here. Yeah, it's a little messy at the moment, not very organized, but yeah. Well, it's well, hard. I appreciate you coming on. Well, I appreciate you, know, you having me. Maybe we can on. do this again some other time in the future where there's not so much noise and actually get down into some scientific talk if you that, don't mind. I would love that. That would be really that, that's, cool. Yeah, that's right on my alley. Yeah, and it'll just be like talking on the phone. So it'll <laughs> yes, be good. yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you. All right, well, thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it, everybody. Uh, be sure to check out Frank Soma on Facebook or uh, just Google Frank Soma. Uh, what was it? Frank Soma Spiders? They just put in Frank Soma Spiders. Yeah. Just type it in and they'll find a bunch of articles. Right on. Yeah. Very cool. So, You're going to ask questions and dead, dead spots? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get real controversial. I'm just kidding. All right. So uh, we are back, everyone. If you don't know who this next, who was sitting here with me, then uh, I, you probably not are not online. But this is the uh, the famous Tom Patterson. Tom Patterson hates your guts hey, if you're on Instagram. So uh, everybody say hello. How's it going? There we go. Trying to get you in, in the shot That's a little good. bit. There we go. So uh, you are from New York as well, right? You're yeah. up there with Frank? Yeah, Long Island. Yep. Right on. So how when, how did you start your uh, your journey in, in arachnids? I was always into reptiles and stuff as a kid. And, yeah, uh, you know, I always wanted a tarantula, but mom would never let me have a big hairy or a spider. You know? <laughs> I can relate to that. So uh, you know, when I was old enough to buy one, I did, and just 
which was a, it was a changing experience buying that first spider. Like if I knew what was going to happen, you know, 25 years later, you know, yeah. how many spiders uh, I would get and obtain. And, uh, so how old were you at that point? I was probably like 16. 16. Like, yeah. So what was the first? What was the first trend? Was it a rose uh, hair? Rose hair. Yeah, yeah. Plastic old rose hair. You know, this guy in a pet store had put on these thick, you know, leather gloves to catch it and put it in a box. He had it on corn cob bedding, like, you know, yeah. sponge, everything that, you know. You when, hate. I, <laughs> when I got my first one, yeah. it was at a pet store. They had it like a little 16 ounce deli cup or something. Yeah, right. And I had it for maybe a year or right. so. And, and, and it's, it was it went into primo, but I didn't realize. It. I just knew yeah. it stopped eating. So I took it back to the pet store, mm-hmm. stuck my hand in there and pulled it out to show the guy, right. and he lost his mind. He's like, that is extremely dangerous. Right. It's going to bite you, and you're going to have to go to the hospital. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't seem right. That's not what I read. I was so ignorant to it, too, at the time. I'm like, oh, the pet store wouldn't sell something venomous, so I was picking them up and playing with them, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the first time it molted, I, I was completely ignorant to it. I had no idea that spiders molted, you know? And yeah. And there it was on its back. I'm like, God, oh, another dead pet. You know? Yeah. <laughs> came home, thank God I didn't throw it out later that night. You know, I came yeah. home, I'm like, what the hell happened? There's two spiders. And, yeah. Know, just from there, you, you know, you become fascinated with them. And, you know, yeah. So, so did you get the uh, tarantula keepers? What is that? The tarantula keepers? That book. The Bible. I never had, it's the one book I've never no. had. I, I try to collect as much literature on, on tarantulas as possible. I have hundreds of books man but for some reason I never had that one yeah um, somebody I think actually just sent me one of the first edition copies of it so I have it in my collection now but uh, that's cool you know, it, it was weird you know back in the day I was very fortunate to have Frank in my area and his partner uh, Tommy Augusta at the time yeah they were huge importers and uh they would get these imports and I'd show up at their house that day you know so I was very fortunate <laughs> to get first pick and you know get these spiders and uh it was a weird time you know there was no internet you couldn't look them up I would, you know they would hand me a piece of paper with some name on it Mm-hmm. That meant nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, luckily spiders are easy, pretty easy to care for. So you put some dirt and moss in there, and they'll grow, you know. Yeah, but sometimes I I don't think people realize how good they have it with all the information that's so that's readily available now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's um, like it, it wasn't like that back. No, no. <laughs> and you guys way predate me. Like when yeah. I was talking to Frank, he was like talking about the early nineties. I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I was I wasn't there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get my first one to like two thousand. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, him and uh, Tommy Augusta was his partner at the time uh was a spider dealer from new jersey and they would always be at the white plane show up in new york so i'd meet them there and you know we always had a little spider click up there and, yeah uh, like i said i was very fortunate to have those guys around back then that you know i would post pictures on arachnoboards and people were like how'd you get that you know it's the first ever <laughs> you know they're all coming from frank <laughs> yeah now i got some spiders from you recently i got a couple uh, of fishing spiders yeah. and uh so, so when did you kind of move from tarantulas into more of the true spiders and, and other arachnids? Yeah, I always started to get, I was really into other my my, my, my gallimorphs, um, like Linlefelli and Deborah and stuff like that. Because yeah. tarantulas, I had I felt like I had them all. So I just wanted to try to experiment with other spiders. And, you know, so the my gallimorphs, like, like I said, Linlefelli and Deborah, they were really cool. Yeah. I bred Megatheloides and I was just fascinated with them. And Frank started splitting imports with me. We were bringing in a lot of true spiders, and I got really into the, you know, wandering spiders, huntsman, uh, cupianias, uh, you know, phenutria, fast-moving wandering spiders. Really cool. So, yeah. you know, just the, the, honestly, for the true spiders, it's only been a few years I've been doing it. Maybe four or five years. So, but gotcha. tarantulas forever. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Do you get into a, like any other reptiles or anything like that, or do you stick mainly with the rackets? Yeah, no, I have a lot of reptiles at home too. I just don't post about them. It's, I don't breed them. They're my pets, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, I have like 25 snakes at home too. People, oh, wow. yeah, I never post them, so people don't know about it. You know, I did not know that. Yeah, what kind um, of like ball pythons or? Uh, I got they're all snakes that were dumped on me by people that didn't want their pets anymore. You know, so it's it's a mix of red tail boas, carpet pythons, king snakes, corn snakes. Um, I have a frog. <laughs> 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 Um, right on. Yeah, I have all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. So how did how did you how did this whole Facebook group about people being victimized by Tom? You can blame uh, Tarantula Cat for that. Is that Tarantula uh, Cat? Uh, She's the one that invited me to it. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. Is Look, I dish it out to people all the time, so it's you know I, I have to take it too. So yeah, <laughs> it was very. Funny. It's a fun group though. Uh, so yeah. If you want to go pick on me, that's the group to do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you're uh, how do people like access you? Like if they're wanting to to buy some some spiders? Yeah, it's best to message me on Facebook or they can email me. My every picture I post has my email address on it. So you know I'm a little old school with the email, but uh, yeah, you know, or or on Facebook. I don't check Instagram messages. There's a thousand messages there. I'm not going to get back to you on Instagram. So <laughs> I forget there's a messenger service there. You know, so, yeah. Um, there's so much spam on there too. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to go through those yeah. messages sometimes. Yeah. So. I just use Facebook a lot. Um, yeah. So Facebook or, uh, or send you an email. Yeah. That's yeah, the best way to get a hold of you. Right. So is it like a, a constantly rotating inventory? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're always getting new stuff. Me and Frank, like I said, we split the imports now. So, you know, we both have the same stuff, but I'm getting stuff from everywhere. I'm constantly getting new spiders and <laughs> coming and going quickly, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Awesome. So, are you, so it's just, just you. Like you just kind of... Yeah, I do it all by myself. I work yeah. a full-time job on top of it. And oh, wow. I don't have much of a life you know, <laughs> outside of it. But, uh, you know, every night I come home and I'm taking care of spiders and feeding spiders and building boxes and printing fish FedEx labels and, you know, <laughs> wow. all night, every night before, you know, I go to work all day. Yeah. So. That sounds like a lot, man. How yeah. do you... <laughs> like I said, I don't really have much else to do, so. Yeah. Especially this past year, because you're in... New York City, right? So you guys no, were locked down. Yeah, no, we're. Uh, I'm on Long Island. Long Island. It, it was the same thing in New York. Like we're still shut down up there. I feel like you can't really yeah. do anything. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking to a couple guys up in Canada, yeah. and they're even more extreme. Really? Locked down. Really? I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh, it's it's crazy though. Like the spider thing took off during the pandemic, which was the craziest thing. Like, yeah. You know, I had more orders and selling more spiders during the pandemic than. I've ever in my life. <laughs> I think we can blame a little bit of that on Tarantula Cat, too. Yeah. That's yeah, how thanks, I got. <laughs> I was like, I kept seeing her open these boxes from you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to reach out to that guy. Well, I always send her uh, pictures when I get new stuff. And she's like, I want that. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> I send her all the cool stuff. All right, Cat? You know that. <laughs> So the velvet spiders, do you, yeah. do you have any of those right now? Or? Yeah, I brought some with me if anybody wants one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I want one. <laughs> I got them back at the room. But, uh, yeah, nice. yeah that, that was like uh, for a year because of tarantula cat. People beat me through the head for these things. And finally, they came in. They're expensive, though, and they're very tiny. But yeah. for a true spider, they grow very slow. They're long-lived, which is cool. You know. Yeah. So when you say they're very small, are we talking like a centimeter or two or... Yeah, I call them like a flea, like the size oh, of a wow. flea. You know, they're, they're yeah. so tiny, but they do really well, man. They're, they're easy to take care of. They like it dry, so you don't have to worry about them drying out. Like, you know, other true spiders get dry and overnight they're dead. Yeah. Know, so these things, they do very well. 
That's interesting. Yeah, cool. Now, what's the uh, the trapdoor spider that yeah. people call like the Oreo butt? Yeah, the cyclocosmia. Yeah. yeah. The, that, was that you that brought a bunch of those in? Yeah. Well, I had yeah. the Chinese one recently, but sometimes I get the Florida ones in. People don't know they're they're from the U.S. too. I know? did not realize. Yeah, I they're in Florida, in Florida and Alabama. They don't get quite as big as the Chinese ones, so usually people want the Chinese one, but you would never know the difference. They look exactly the same. The pattern on the abdomen is a little bit different, but you know, really cool. But it's a trapdoor spider. You'll never see it. So you know. yeah. I always say, uh, you know, trapdoor spiders are cool, but who cares how cool they are if you never see it? You know? Yeah, it's, it, they're really cool when you're unboxing them. Yeah, put it yeah in exactly. The enclosure. Yeah. You know, they're mean too, they're biting and stuff, but once they make the burrow, yeah. you're never going to see it. Yeah, I was, uh, people ask me all the time to make videos on trapdoor spiders. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. The, boring video. Yeah, like half a second it takes it for to <laughs> right. grab the prey and disappear. Yeah, if, like, if you blink, you miss it. You know, yeah. that's what I was saying. <laughs> And it's, I even tried, like, with um, high-speed cameras, uh-huh. trying to record that. And yeah. it's like, it, it always seems that every time it opens and closes, it's out of focus. So it's just blurry <laughs> anyways. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> They're cool, though. I mean, so. so do you have any problems with, like, uh, like friends coming over to your house with all those arachnids and stuff? Or are they... No, I mean... Yeah. I don't have a lot of friends anymore from all the <laughs> abuse on Facebook. But... Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, look, people know what they're getting into when they're coming over, you know, so. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so. Well, that's very cool. I've been lucky, man. I've moved all over Long Island a bunch of times with my collection. I was lucky to find places to live with that you know, collection, so. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's not easy if you're a spider collector moving in, you know. Yeah. One time I was moving into a, an apartment, and the guy was like, uh, I told him, I'm like, you know, I collect arachnids and, and bugs and things. And he's like, oh, he's like, what do you have, uh, an emperor scorpion? I said, yeah, you know. That's like, <laughs> And then some? And yeah. Yes, but, you know, I, I've been lucky. You know. Do they make so, you pay a pet deposit? Not in the places I've had, no. Oh, that's no, cool. Sorry, yeah. 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 What, do you, what do you do if um, they're wanting to, like, fumigate or something like that? Like, how do you protect yeah, your arachnids? just close the windows and don't let people down there. You know, yeah. So, yeah. I've been lucky, you know, with that song. Yeah, and people ask that all the time. Like, we got fleas or the landlord's coming in to spray yeah. for bugs or something. Like, is it going to bother my, my yeah. spiders? I've never really been in apartment buildings where they can just do that. You know, it's always been like somebody's like, house and rent, renting out part of the house. So, oh, okay. uh, I've always been lucky with them, uh, you know, yeah. giving me a heads up when they were doing stuff like that. So, right on. Yeah. Very cool. Seeing if anybody was uh, had anything to ask. See if they have anything nice to say. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's... Yeah, Tom, Instagram ignored. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm bad at that, too. Right. <laughs> yeah, it looks like people are just excited to see you. Yeah. I wish you all could have came down. It was a good time, man. Yeah. This is crazy, man. Lady Gecko Foot says, Greetings, Tom. Donation towards your website. Huge thanks uh, to everyone at FNT, TTC, and, of course, Tom, for everything cool. you do. Thank you. Very cool. And this is not Tom Moran, I think we should point out. <laughs> I was actually going to have it printed on the back of my shirt. I'm yeah. not Tom Moran. <laughs> I see that all the time on Facebook. Yeah, he actually he made a video about it, to, like a whole long video about describing I'm not Tom. You know, he's Tom Moran and I'm Tom Patterson, but people see Tom and they just assume we're the same person. You know? Yeah. So how did the bad boy thing go? Because it seemed like that was yeah. your profile picture for a while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a hundred people were doing it. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I just stole it from the World Weekly News, which was an old tabloid uh, magazine that you would see in the grocery store when I was yeah, a kid. And when, when Facebook started, it was the most obnoxious picture I could find <laughs> to make as my profile picture. And then, uh, yeah, one day somebody, somebody in a group somewhere stole the picture that I stole. And they yeah. used it for their profile. And it was confusing everybody. It was just like, there's two Toms now. And then... One week, like everybody just changed their yeah. their profile picture to this, so uh, it was like you know, very very confusing to read <laughs> things on Facebook. You know? I can imagine, right? 
So, uh, so you got your, you don't have a website though. It's right. just your Facebook group. So anybody wants to get in contact with you, just check out Tom Patterson yeah. on yeah, Facebook. I, I am uh, working on a website. It's not out yet. It'll be around, but, uh, there's there's be, there'll be more on that later. Yeah. yeah. I'm not getting it. Cause your, your mods are always booting me, uh, my recommendations off your, oh, yeah. in the uh, torrential collective door, group. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the torrential collective is bullying me into making a website. <laughs> so. We actually have a, uh, ref- a referral link with Squarespace. Yeah. So we're just trying to... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but for now, just uh, message me on Facebook or they can email me. Like I said, my email is on every picture. If you found a picture that I posted somewhere on the internet, my email address is stamped right on it. So, nice. Uh, That's a good way of getting your word out. Yeah. So what's, what do you have the most of right now you're trying to... You're excited to get rid of? Uh, yeah. I have a lot of everything right now. Yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> So, so it's probably the velvet spiders people are really excited about. Yeah, um, I also just got velvet worms. We got velvet worms in. I don't know if you've seen those. I posted was a video. What uh, Frank was talking about. <laughs> yeah, this was bit? it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So I posted a video at the hotel room from uh, the other night, and I got back after dinner. There was like twenty five messages on my phone about them. They're cool. Oh, wow, definitely cool. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one before. Yeah, they're interesting. They spit this sticky stuff out onto their prey and it captures them, and then they go over them. That's wild. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's very yeah. cool. I like unusual stuff like that. I'm always yeah. looking for something new and, and different. Uh, I'm always trying to take a picture of something I don't have a picture of. I was scoured this shop looking for a spider that I don't have a picture of yet. Yeah. And I uh, wasn't able to find anything yet, but there's a lot here. So maybe I missed something. Right? It's, it's, especially when you go back there. Right. Like it's, it's, over, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, that's what I told Tanya. I felt so good looking at your collection because I don't feel overwhelmed anymore when I go home. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, she gets, she has a whole team of people helping right. her. Yeah. Like, I was like, I, I need. Somebody actually sent me a, an email once, offered to be an intern, mm. and I was and like, "I'll do all your grunt work. I'll clean the cages right. and, and feed everybody." And I'm like, "Legally, I don't think I can have an intern. Like, <laughs> right. I, I, you guys don't you don't have to get like school credit for Something that like and that, be right. an actual business." Right. I was like, I That's just that free work. help. Yeah, I was like, I mean, if you just want to come be a, a slave, I right. guess. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that probably wasn't cool to say, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you want to work for free, right. yeah. But but then it's also uh, same with you, like. It's in my house, and I'm kind of weird right. about just right. letting anybody know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, maybe one day. But thank you All right. so much yeah. for Thanks coming for having on. me, man. Right. Everybody, Tom Patterson, the man in the right. flesh. <laughs> See you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Take it easy. All right. We will uh, we'll be back. I got some one more guy coming on uh, to talk about cobweb castles. A uh, new enclosure coming out for true spiders. Uh, I just saw him walk out the front door, so I'm gonna see if I can grab him real quick. Actually, no, he's he just went over there. So let me grab him and we'll be right back. We're still here at the Fear Not Tarantulas grand opening tarantula collective meetup, and we have Elliot Stanton here from Cobweb Castles. Um, just put on those headphones there, all right, uh, and just talking in the front of that mic there. Try to get as close as you can, okay? Oh, that's perfect, all right. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having uh, me. So, we, I've, I've been seeing your enclosures popping up. I uh, see, um, who was it? Tarantula Haven just posted a video. Somebody and else did. Russ from uh, Aquamax. Aquamax. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, get, somebody actually was just asking about, there's one right over my shoulder here. Yes. It's all webbed up. They want to know what spider is in there. It's Cucalcania hibernalis. Okay. Southern house spider. Okay. So, what got you interested in that species? So, uh, I'm kind of coming at this, uh, not a tarantula uh, keeper. Okay. So I came to 
connect with you and, and uh, just the tarantula, you know, fan base to yeah. really see if you guys would like something like this. Okay. Um, basically, this started when I was a little boy. Uh, I grew up down in Florida, and they have these spiders everywhere. I mean, if you go in a barn or an old building or look up in a shed or something like that, they're out there everywhere, and they make these big webs that go to a hole. It's a crevice weird. It looks like a funnel. Uh-huh. So when I was a little boy, I'd catch little crickets or grasshoppers or whatnot, and I would throw it in the web. This cool-looking black spider would come out and grab it and pull it back behind the hole. Okay. And that got my curiosity going and just, you know, it kind of fostered a, a, an interest in insects in general. So, um, you know, I'm older and wiser. Looking back, I should have gone into entomology. You know, that's, that's <laughs> like my side passion, but, yeah. you know, it didn't work out like that. But um, 2007, I started trying to figure out, okay, What's going on back there behind the wall? Because I never could see. Yeah. So I started to develop a prototype box that had a um, a separate side chamber in the back, and it, and it had a um, I used a, a baby food jar as a container. Okay. So basically, the spider could come out to the front, the light side of the um, container, grab the insect, and go back to the dark side. And basically, it replicates nature because if the spider feels at home, she feels like she's in a barn. Yeah. So that's how I got started. And, um, you know, that was 2007. Here we are, you know, 2021. And um, I'm like, hey, let's try to do this. Let's, let's yeah. see. So um, I, I just developed this prototype. And um, Is that yours right there? Or Yeah. So if I just grab it, nobody's going to get mad at me, right? Uh, oh, no. Actually, um, that's... Um, Jeremy's or Frank's. I gave both those guys one, but I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll be cool. Yeah. So this. So yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is this is the cobweb castle. And you sent me one of these. I, yeah. I opened it and looked at it, but I haven't been able to like get in depth with it yet. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to mess it up. So just kind of explain. Okay. So yeah, what, what we're looking at is the front of the, um, the, the habitat and basically okay. it has a sliding uh, plexiglass panel that um, is held down by gravity. Um, I'm going to put a little pin right here where, you know, it won't, it's secured. But basically a spider can't get out. Yeah, that's, that's pretty heavy. Okay. And then uh, on the back of the container, it has a dark panel. And it has a separate uh, a chamber. The, the, the habitat is split into two chambers. So basically, yeah. this back chamber is a dark side. And basically, came up with a little uh, a little bubble back there where the spider can actually live yeah. inside that dome. And you close this back, and now she feels she's like in a barn. Yeah. So that's that's the concept of um. You know, it was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, they get they get they get bigger than that. That's. I mean, I've been trying to find some good ones. Um, that's, that's probably, cool. that's probably like medium to, to large. Let's see if we can get the glare off that a little bit. Can you guys yeah. see that? That is a, that is a very big, move it a little bit closer. Whoa. Yeah, it's hard to see on this lens, but yeah, that is a, that's a big true spider. That's it's very cool. They're, they're really, um, those are the females. They're really docile. Yeah. Um, I will, I will go catch these in the wild and just, uh, thank you. Um, you know, just catch them in a sandwich bag. Yeah. And just tickle tickle the web. They come right out. They think it's dinner. And I'll grab a, I'll just grab them out and put them in a sandwich bag. So all these branches here, is that how it comes shipped? Or okay. you nope. add those yourself? Yep. So I did these to um, just give the spider something to reach out and start attaching web. Yeah. So basically, um, this habitat is it's pretty smooth. The wood is smooth. Yeah. Spiders have the same little hooks on their feet. When they come out, 
you know, it's kind of almost like you uh, walking on an, uh, an ice skating rink or something like that. Okay, that wouldn't go well. No, so so the spider comes out, she grabs that little branch and she'll attach web to it. Yeah. And basically, once she has her web established, we could leave this front panel piece of glass off. I yeah. could I could lay down and take a nap right here by it, and yeah. I mean she's not going to come out. Yeah. Because once she has her web established, I mean I don't I don't know how it is in the tarantula community. You guys leave your your lids off your the top. No, no they'll wander away. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, these these girls they just want to stay at home. You yeah. know, once once they have their web established and they're they're being fed. Yeah. They're right at home. Very cool. So, that's basically the concept. Um. I'm I'm looking at uh, you know getting on a Kickstarter launch okay. to to launch it yeah and um, that's why you know I came here to you know the grand opening here of Fear Not Tarantulas uh, amazing amazing facility I, I met Miss Tanya got to talk to her and you know it's just yeah. it was it was a great turnout I mean the the line was out the door yeah it was and, and it was it was pretty cool so I mean I you know I got to network with some of you guys but um yeah. that's what I'm trying to do is is launch on a Kickstarter here hopefully in about two months. Okay. Um, a big piece of this also, and what um, what led me to 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 continue pr pursue this, is that um, I was able to get it STEM.org certified. So basically, you know, that's when you go into a store, you see the STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. Okay. This is a, a STEM product. Okay. It comes with a kit. Um, I'm, I've created a custom notebook to. Um, to, for you know, I'm, I'm looking at students. Sure. For, so they can document. You know, every day they come into class. Hey, what did the spider do? Did the spider make some new web? Did the spider um, finish its meal? And and these spiders actually, I'm not sure if tarantulas do this, but they will actually wrap up their their dead insect, and they will come and bring it down to the bottom of the, the habitat. So it's almost like I say they're taking out the trash, really. So they, <laughs> you know, they eat the Big Mac and throw the wrapper away and come throw it down to the bottom of yeah. the habitat. So they're kind of self-cleaning. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really neat. I mean, um, I have about 20 of these prototypes in my garage. I've been, you know, feeding them, testing them, you know, just going through the whole gambit. And, you know, my wife cracks the door and is like, uh-oh, you're out in, the, <laughs> out in the spider garage again and close the yeah. door back. So, um, so you know. You hand make all of these. Well, I'm having these made in um, in South Carolina. Oh, okay. So um, I won't I won't be hand making them, but um, you know, then then I have the ability to kind of scale up. I I, I don't know how this is going to uh, be received, and you know, I'm hoping to be the bridge between tarantula fans and keepers, and those people who see spiders and like immediately kill them. Yeah. Okay, because I don't have a tarantula. I've never owned a tarantula, but. You know, I'm interested in trench. I'm interested in all insects, but that's my that's my ultimate goal is to get people and especially the younger kids into insects. I mean, if we don't have the next generation of uh, entomologists and and insect enthusiasts, we can't eat because we don't have any bees because nobody's doing bees to keep you know take care of bees. And it's like bees are non-negotiable. Yeah, I know. Bees. I, sometimes I feed spiders to my bees. Don't don't tell any beekeepers that. But. <laughs> But it's like you know, we yeah. have to we have to keep this going, you know. Right. So and and um, I think COVID has been good for the the spider industry, really, and I mean pets in general because everybody stayed home. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let me get something. What's easier than a spider? Right. You know, I, I can go out of town and leave and leave my twenty spiders in my garage for a week and come back and they're fine. I get, yeah. I get two or three weeks and they're fine. But um. Yeah, that's that's really the, the the gist of it. I mean, I would I would tell people, you know, I, I appreciate you having me on your podcast, and um, 
you know, I'm a big fan of your, your channel and, and your well, your camera work. I mean, just look at all this stuff you have uh, set up here is like just amazing. You got flies now. And, uh, but I mean, you, you, you're, you're up that enclosure. You're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, free food. I got to, what I do, if I see us, I'll tell you this. I'll, if I see a fly, I keep a sandwich bag in my pocket. Yeah. I'll catch one. I, I'll seriously, I'll open up the bag like this and, uh, you wait till the fly lands yeah. very slowly, come down on top of it, and then the fly, they go up, right? To get to get away, you just yeah. close that bag. Nice. Then you tear the wing off, and then it's dinner. <laughs> That's nice. Oh, man. That. Yeah, you've been, you've been messaging me, I don't know, two months now, something like that, maybe longer. I'm really bad. Like I tell people all the time, I'm really bad with messaging. No. I'm trying to get back. So I felt bad. But when you were like, well, I'm coming here, I was like... Well, this, this is perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad to, you know, be able to meet you and, and um, you know, connect with you a little bit. Yeah. And um, so if people want to get involved. You said you're going to launch a Kickstarter. I'm going to launch a Kickstarter. Basically, what I'm trying to do is just, um, you know, kind of connect, network with the the spider insect slash reptile community. Yeah. And then um, just when I launch a Kickstarter, just just have you guys hey say it's live and and let's see what happens. All right on. Yeah, I've seen um. So you. We were talking about the tarantula, tarantula, like, tarantula haven. haven. Yep. Aquarium Axe. Yep. Uh, there's some other YouTubers that yep. you've also talked to. They're going to be putting videos out. I I, uh, I sent one to um, Bugs in Cyberspace. Okay. Peter. Um, Peter. Yeah, he's a good yep. guy. And he moved out to to uh, Arizona recently, and that, yeah. I was I was out in Arizona. So there's there's these spiders everywhere. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, let me just catch one, and I'll put one in there. Nice. And then um, yeah, tarantula cat. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, Clint's reptiles. Okay. So, um, hopefully, you know, and and you, if you know this podcast is good, you know, hopefully, if or I mean, we could do a collaboration too. You, you just let me know. Yeah. But um, you know, just trying to get some 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 views and some um, you know, some exposure. Sure. And then just point it to the Kickstarter and just you know see how it goes. So, do you have a a, a time frame as to when that Kickstarter will be going? I, I don't have an exact time frame. I'm trying okay. to do it within two months. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm really close, and in fact, um, I mean, you're like. The last, uh, you know, the last little networking piece to, to, to come together. So, right on. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have to do a video or something. It's, yes, it's, um, it, it's difficult. I think, I don't think people realize how much work goes into launching something on Kickstarter or launching a YouTube video yeah. or even a website. Yeah. You know, it's like you just see the finished product and you're like, okay, that, that was cool. You know, but you don't realize the months of effort that people put in, sometimes years, just to kind of get things up and running. Yeah, that's so, why, uh, you know, I'm just very appreciative of you you're taking this time because um, yeah. it's, I, I know how busy you are. I know yeah. I know how much you, oh, you yeah, put into it. Oh, yeah, but I'm also saying I know how busy you are, like how much yeah. work you probably had to put into research and development and, yeah. you know, just getting all the, all the information together and, you know, everything to even start to launch a, uh, yeah. a Kickstarter like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so you're you're looking mainly to kind of reach out to tarantula keepers, invert keepers, stuff like that. Yes, but I mean also go schools, for more educational. Educational. That's yeah. that's my hope is um, you know because tarantula um, fans, you know keepers, mm-hmm. you guys can can hold a spider. You're not scared of it. You know how to how to you know how to deal with a spider, um, and you're not you know you won't harm the spider, and you kind of have the idea. Uh, uh, necessarily going to a school route, you know, I might have a, a second grade teacher who, you know, is going to yeah. not not have the same amount of calm. So um, I might have to kind of deal with that a little bit. But yeah. I'm hoping the product can be the bridge between, you know, the dedicated fans and then just bringing the new fans on board. 
Yeah. Just, you know, just kind of see how it goes. I like that. Yes, sir. I mean, it's really cool to try and educate and get people more interested in inverts and spiders and stuff like that yes. at an early age. You know, because sometimes it, we're, we're, it's like we're brought up in society to be afraid of spiders. Yeah. So I think it's really cool to have a product that's going to be out there in schools and, and can kind of teach kids that spiders are beneficial and, and an integral part of the, of the ecosystem. They, they are. I mean, uh, my six-year-old uh, daughter... Yeah, I will come home from work and she'll have a sandwich bag and she'll have something in there and she'll say, "Hey, Daddy, I caught this while you're at work and let's go feed it to your spider." Yeah, or uh, you know, catch catch a spider if it's inside and just just let it go back outside. That's all. Yeah. They're, they're really not trying to get you. I mean, right. um, you know, cultures, you know, kind of corrupted everybody that they're going to jump on you and it's just that's not right. how it is. So yeah. they're they're you know they're beneficial, like you said. So we got to keep cool. them around. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for making this. Yes, sir. This this cool thing. I look forward to it. Thank you for having Uh, me. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to get one of those spiders from you, though, so I can set it up. I got got some outside. Awesome. Come pick one out. All right. Let's do that then. All right, brother. So uh, thanks, everybody. Elliot Stanton, Cobweb Castles, LLC. Cobweb Castle, LLC. Um, My website's uh, www.cobwebcastle.com. I have, um, I just have a landing page right now. Okay. If you're interested, you could leave your email and um, when the campaign goes, I'll shoot you email and um, I'm sure you'll see it on the other platforms and stuff yeah. too. So that's, yeah. that's the plan. Awesome. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. I'll be outside in just a minute. Okay. Thank you so much, Richard. Spiders. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. So check it out. It's uh, cobwebcastles.com, right? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. So if you want more information, go there, put in your email address, sign up for, uh, you know, to get an alert. And I'm going to take another quick break. It looks like there's still a, over 100 of y'all hanging out, but I got some people that are wanting to shake hands and take pictures and stuff. So just enjoy the live stream, everything going on. And I think we got one more guest that will be coming on here shortly to talk about some spiders. And uh, we are back. What's up, everybody? We still got uh, over 100 people watching. You guys are wild. Uh, so I am here joined today by Jeremy Huff. And it says on his, uh, on his badge, Arachnid Empire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what... What's on, what does it say on my badge? Oh, it just says the tarantula collective. <laughs> but tell everybody a, a little bit about who you are and, and how this all began for you. Sure. Um, uh, my name is Jeremy Huff. Uh, originally from Toronto, Ontario. And I grew up in Canada. Uh, my father was a herpetologist. Uh, so I grew up with reptiles uh, throughout my life. Um, and then he had one shelving rack of tarantulas. Uh, and at the time, this was late 70s, early 80s. Uh, okay. It was a selection of about three different brachypalmas, uh, some <laughs> pink toes. Um, he might have had a, uh, a cobalt blue uh, once or twice. Okay. Uh, there wasn't a lot of tarantulas available at the time. Uh, and that was pretty much it. Uh, and certainly not captive bred spiders. So at about the age, age of six, uh, I begged and pleaded to get my own. Yeah. Uh, so it was a well, at the time, Brachypalma smithi. Who knows if it was smithi or Hamori. Um But that was my first tarantula. I was about six years old. Um, and uh, and then it kind of snowballed from there. So then I got a Haitian brown, which was the other type of tarantula. It was the cheapest tarantula on the market. They were $2 each at the time. In um, Canada or in the U.S.? In the U.S. We, okay. But we could buy them in Canada for... yeah. Pretty much the same thing. We were doing imports. So was that the, the time. for Mictopus cancer right? Yeah, yeah. Um, for two dollars. For two, they were two dollars for adults. Wow. Brachypelma smith eyes were fifteen. Avicularias were five dollars. 
Theraphosa Blonde, I was still 100. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah. Um, but I got a cancerides. I was probably eight, eight, nine years old. I got a cancerides in that ended up dropping an egg sac. That was the first time I'd ever had baby tarantulas. Yeah. Uh, all these blue babies, uh, gorgeous spiders. Um, and that really got me excited to get into it. And luckily, I had some good friends uh, that um, kept tarantulas. A good friend of mine um, bred a lot of stuff, and we were able to trade. And he he really introduced me to uh, a lot of the more exotic species. That yeah. gave me my first Trinidad Chevrons and um, uh the Mombasa Golden Starburst Baboon Spider, which is what is now everyone just calls OBTs. Yeah. But this is the original one, the gold, the golden form, uh, Taranagilus murinus. Um, and, and it just kept going on there. And I used to buy a lot of stuff from Brian Capiz. Uh, he was uh, able to ship to me to Canada. Uh, I'd save up my money and <laughs> order whatever, as much as I could yeah. uh, to keep keep the shipping worth it. Uh, so I was able to get Versicolor when they first came out. I was able to get Poke Group a lot uh, and a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And, and my collection grew and grew, and I started breeding a lot of stuff. And in Canada, I was by far the biggest breeder. Um, yeah. There weren't a lot of people in Canada keeping stuff at the time. Um, and then I was fortunate enough early on to meet uh, Rick West, uh, who's pretty famous <laughs> pretty uh, in the Tarantula. Uh, His name's come up a lot today. Tarantula world, yeah. yeah. So he's, uh, and he and I became very, very good friends. Um, uh, shortly after I met Rick, uh, my, my father passed, and Rick really filled that that hole, and, and he uh, he became a big father figure for me, and I looked up to him a lot. Um, yeah. And then we got, tra- then we got, he invited me shortly after my dad died. He's like, hey, let's do a trip. So we did a trip down to French Guiana. Wow. And, uh, man, it was a blast. Uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. First, first night we got in there, and the, the one spider I had to see that I wanted to see that was down there was Ephibobus murinus, um, the skeleton. And uh, we get to this little lodge, and they have like a couple of acres behind them, a forest, but they have a little trail. Get out on the trail, and within like 10 minutes, Big Ephibopa sitting at the borough entrance, and I was like, wow, Man, this is awesome. <laughs> so just in his back acreage, we found 10 species of tarantulas, yeah. even avicularia right in our bedrooms, uh, as well as phenutria and some other cool things. Yeah. Um, and, and then Rick and I started doing a lot of trips. Uh, we went to Cameroon together. Uh, we wanted to look at, uh, uh, in Cameroon, the shaman use tarantulas to determine guilt, uh, guilt or innocence for people. How do they do that? So it's, it's really kind of interesting. The, they have a set of cards that are like a, a papyrus or a leaf uh, with symbols. Um, and so they put those beside the tarantula burrow then put a clay pot over it and um, ask the tarantula guilt or innocent or whatever it was. Yeah. And then, of course, the tarantula doesn't like those cards in its burrow entrance. And the because of the pot is over it, they think it's nighttime, so they come out. Yeah. And they just start flinging the, the stuff away from the burrow, cleaning up their burrow entrance. And so you come back a couple hours later and check and see what the cards read. And um, it was funny. At the time, we 
the questions we asked uh, Rick's daughter was pregnant at the time. Yeah. So they wanted to know if it was going to be a boy or a girl okay. and, and stuff. And he called it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> might, be some, might, might be something to it. Yeah. Um, and that was, a, that was an interesting trip because one thing I've found in the hobby is, especially nowadays with, with the internet, it's yeah. gotten a little crazy. Everyone is set in their ways on how things should be. Right. This tarantula lives in the ground. This tarantula is arboreal. Well, French Guiana, or sorry, I'm sorry, in uh, Cameroon, mm-hmm. uh, we were also looking for heteroscodors from Atapalma. We weren't sure what might be there. Um, there's actually several species described in the literature, but hasn't been seen in 100 years. So we paid a couple guys to go up into some palm trees and collect tarantulas. Came, they came down with a bunch of tarantulas. Oh, wow. Every single one was uh, Histocrates gigas. <laughs> what? Which lives in the ground. Yeah. Does not live in trees. And these were 60 feet up in the trees. So it, it, it goes to show you that we don't, we don't know everything. Um, right. And, and you see that. You see that in a lot of, a lot of cases. Ephibobus. Uh, we collected four species. Four species of Ephibobus, three species of Ephibobus in French Guiana. Yeah, the babies and juveniles of all three species are are arboreal. They're up high. They're up three, four, five feet off the ground in the tree bark. They're in bromeliads, um, but then they go to the ground as adults. Um, and we just saw that routinely in, in places you'd, you'd, you'd find stuff where they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they here? Uh, and, and I've seen it in a lot of a lot of different things. Um, so were those H gigas, were they living like communally up in those trees or was it like, well, they're pretty spread apart in a, in a, in a, in a single palm tree, they would pull several adults out. Yeah. So who knows how many were in there. Um, and, uh, have you heard of anyone trying to keep that species arborally, like in captivity? I've never kept them arborally and, and who knows what it is that maybe it's as babies, they just go anywhere and yeah. so as babies they're climbing up in the tree and then at the top of a palm tree it's i mean a person can stand in the top of a palm tree it's 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 almost like land there's detritus there's there's break, broken down leaves in the crown um probably plenty of bugs it's very very yeah it's, it's very possible that um to them it's no, no different yeah, being up high versus being low. Because we we found we found them at the base. We were this was this was a few feet from where we were having the one tarantula read the cards on the ground. Yeah, and then while we were in this village, we asked a couple guys to go up the, their palm trees next door. Yeah, and so that's why. Uh, and then we did it at another village. It's the same thing. Asked them to climb trees. They climbed trees. Histocrates. We never found Hedroscota <laughs> on that trip. We never found a Stromatopelma. Um so that was a bit unfortunate, but it was also kind of cool to see that. Uh, yeah. See that Histocrates is because if you look at a Histocrates, they're they're built to dig. Their their hind legs are swollen, thick. Um, they're built to dig. So how how are they finding finding a niche up up high and and remaining there? Yeah. Uh, so um, so when you go on trips like that, yeah. Um, like what all is like? I'm I'm very curious because you know Tom and Frank were also talking about taking trips to you know like Central and South America. Yeah. So when you you go on these trips looking for stuff, are you actually collecting and bringing them back, or are you mainly just trying to observe them in nature and make take notes and, and just learn? It, well, it can be 
either way. I mean, yeah. um, on our trips, we chose countries that uh, we could get permits for. Okay. So French Guiana, invertebrates, we could get a permit for. Cameroon, we had arranged to get permits for. Malaysia, we did a trip there. We could arrange. Um, we can't do India, can't do Brazil, can't do a lot of countries. Yeah. Uh, because it's you can't get a permit unless you're working for a scientific institution. Gotcha. I then worked for a number of years for the American Museum of Natural History uh, for Dr. Lorenzo Prendini and the Scorpion Lab. And there I did a lot of field work as well. And it was the same thing. Like, couldn't do India. They, yeah. they just weren't going to accommodate us for co even scientific collecting permits because they have their own scientists. I get it. They don't want to share. Yeah. Um, but in that case, it sometimes it would take months for me to get all the proper paperwork and the OKs and, like, um, all the permissions. And then once you get into the country, it's almost never the way it was supposed to be. It's almost yeah. never smooth. Um, <laughs> you're killing two or three days in the capital trying to get the paperwork. And then uh, you got to make sure you're keeping a couple days at the, at the back end of your trip to make sure they approve everything. Yeah. Um, and that was preserving stuff. That was for the museum. We were preserving stuff. It wasn't taking any of the live stuff out. But even that was it was still a hassle. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we had to combine and work with a, a, a local biologist uh, who'd be on our papers or, or what have you. Um, um, but they would they would then and then we would also have to deposit a certain portion of the material back at their local museum. So if we collected a thousand scorpions, we might have to send two hundred of them back to the original country for yeah. which. That's fine. Um, uh, but it is, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hassle. It's not like you can just go um, and, and take stuff. Uh, it's, uh, there's, there are a lot of, uh, um, in a lot of, a lot of countries, they have a lot of um, people guarding the areas. Really? Um, I've had uh, soldiers or rangers pull guns on me. Oh, wow. In a couple of countries, <laughs> um, um, because they didn't want you collecting specimens. Because I was I was at, out at night in the dark with a little flashlight where I shouldn't have been. Yeah, <laughs> um, and other were, stuff going or, on or using a UV light, which really throws people off because yeah. they think it's like aliens or something. <laughs> um, and and the one place in the Dominican Republic, I had actually gone there during the day. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who spoke fluent Spanish. Explain to him, we're coming back tonight. Okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah. And then I'm walking and hear the shotgun. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but then they kind of were laughing because they yeah. were, they knew it was <laughs> they knew it was me. But so do you always have to get a uh, like a guide? Or do you no, just... I mean I've I've done a lot. Of, I've done trips completely by myself, which I don't really like doing. Yeah. Um, I did a trip to French Guiana. I had my second trip to French Guiana, which was completely by myself. And yeah. There was a few times there where I was thinking I was being stalked by a jaguar or oh, <laughs> something in the, in the forest. And yeah. I was like, uh, maybe I, <laughs> I won't stay out too late. I'll, I'll get out of here. Um, I, I prefer to go with somebody. Um, but I also prefer to, in, a, in, in some cases, I do like a guide or somebody who just knows the area. I, when I did a trip to Senegal and Guinea-Bissau. Mm -hmm. um, there's several dialects. My, I don't speak French, but then there's several African dialects that 
depending on where you are in the country. Yeah. So we, for that, we hired a driver who spoke English, spoke French, and then spoke Wolof and a couple of the other dialects. Um, and even though he was, he had no interest in helping us catch scorpions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, he guarded our truck. He got us through some stuff um, and uh, helped us get our permits and everything we needed. Like he was a good middleman to have. And I think in certain countries, the countries where you're not familiar, that's a great, a great bonus, great thing to have. Yeah. Um, Did they ever look at you like you're insane when you're hiring oh, a guy? Yeah. Like, yeah, you I mean, do what? Yeah, they think they think they're crazy. <laughs> it was funny too because, um, I've been I've been in places where like kids will come out and look at see what I'm doing and then they'll run off and ten minutes later come back with buckets of the same thing I'm catching. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was in uh, I was in Senegal and I was catching an androctonus. Uh, and I had a bucket, and ten kids came over and looking. Yeah, ran off, and they came back with androctonus. Now they weren't carrying forceps like I was using. Yeah, <laughs> or black light, and I was like, okay, I did not want a kid to get stung on my behalf. Yeah, catching hey, one of the one of the deadly scorpions in the world. So yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, thanks, guys. <laughs> but uh, um, oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's, it's been fun because uh, when you travel like that and you get to know know the areas and, and then seeing people and getting them involved. Yeah. Um, I really, I've had far, far more great experiences than bad. That's good. Yeah. So, so how did, so, so you're doing that out in the field. Now, are you also like uh, breeding and retelling or are you mainly right. studying? So yeah, early on I, I bred a lot of tarantulas. I kept a lot of tarantulas. Sure. Um, I then had kids, I moved to the States, had kids kind of said, you know what? Tarantulas, I'm kind of tired. So I, I ended up getting rid of my collection. Um, then I worked at the museum. There I was working with dead stuff. I started focusing, my main interest was on uh, the thelophonids, uh, the whip scorpions, vinegaroons. Okay. Yeah. Very poorly known group, only about 100 species described, but really weird distributions. Um, like within the US, for example, it was in Florida, but then not didn't show up again until mid Texas. Didn't cross, doesn't cross the Colorado into California, then goes through Mexico, in parts of coast, parts of Central America, and a bit of Brazil, and then it's in Senegal, hmm. nowhere else in Africa. <laughs> then shows up again in like India, Sri Lanka, Burma, or uh, Myanmar has the the largest number of species described. Yeah. All through Indonesia, New Guinea, and Solomon Islands, but not in Australia. They cross the Wallace line, so it, they just have this really weird distribution. Not a lot's known about them. They all look pretty similar to each other. Yeah. Um, so it was. It was actually at the time I was thinking of trying to finish school, get through that, and that would be my PhD, kind of revising the whole, the whole order. Mm -hmm. um, life happens. And <laughs> it does. That's true. <laughs> funding funding at the museum started running out for field work and then yeah. it became kind of a boring job and uh, a job that cost me more to get to than I was making. Yeah. So it was like, uh, so then I kind of the, with the perk of, of field work kind of falling by the wayside, I, got, I ended up just going and being a stay-at-home dad. Mm. Um, and then uh, got back into tarantulas about three years ago now. Yeah. Um, much more focused on what I'm doing, but, um, uh, and, and more for, um, the long run. So 
back in Canada when I was breeding, I might buy two or three spiders. Mm. Now I'm getting 10, 20 lots of species I want to work with. So I make sure I've got lots of males and females and I'm, uh, I'm sexing them early and I'm staggering the feeding and so I get males maturing later than females or yeah. after the females have matured, yeah. stuff like that. And, and doing a lot more focus on, on, on that. Um, I'm also focusing more on old world uh, at this time. The eradicating hairs after 40 years of keeping tarantulas really bother me. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> can't, uh, can't, and after catching Theraphosa in the wild, nothing is worse than that experience. So. Yeah, jeez. I can imagine. <laughs> Sweating and hot, and then you get covered in hairs. Oh. And you, you have no shower. You have no way to get it off. And it just, for days, you're just like, oh, no, thank you. Can't, can't scratch because <laughs> it hurt. Oh, it's just, that was horrible. It was a horrible experience. My, my second time to French Guiana, I did not even look for a Therophosa. If I saw one, I walked away. Yeah. If I saw a burrow where I knew there was one, I didn't care. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> stay away from that. Staying away. Yeah. So, so right now, you, so what you're doing now is, is, is breeding. Yeah. And uh, are you selling them? I you- yeah, I breed and uh, I sell a, for the most part, I have a I have a small website, Arachnid Empire is, is uh, my name. But I, really, I just do trade shows um, yeah. around uh, uh, New York, PA, uh, into Virginia, um, and then ultimately, I I kind of just like to sell everything to Tanya, <laughs> or <laughs> just you know, like it. just yeah. just get rid of it. Then I don't have to deal with it. Um, Gotcha. Um, but a lot of stuff I'm trying to get pretty good numbers of females. Like I've got 25 Balfour eyes. I'm raising up about 150 versicolors so I can get a good number of females and males nice. going. Um, there's a few species, a few of the bread and butter species that I don't think will ever go out of style. Yeah. And people want them. And we just can't produce enough here in this country. We just, we have to. Do you breed any rose hairs? We can't. I am look. I actually have a guy who reached out to me and has ten adults. Yeah, and I'm trying to connect with them to get them. Nice. <laughs> so I am. And I'm I not. Got mine. I'm not incredibly patient though with slow growing stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's my. I keep them for a while, and I'm like, oh, the ebb and flow of species is so strange though. Like yeah. my first one, there. I mean, there was everywhere I went, there were like racks in every right. local pet store of rose hairs and well, i know a lot of them were wild caught and stuff they were but, all wild caught yeah and that's why they're not around yeah um things like chilenensis homeo chilenensis that everyone wants yeah people pay 200 300 for a spider link they were 10 bucks each as adults as soon as chili closed forget it yeah and now uh, they're gold i mean my friend had a couple of rose hairs at a show last weekend, he put a two hundred dollar price tag. I think he sold both of them on rose hairs. On rose hairs, wow. that used to be five bucks each. Yeah, <laughs> and that was retail. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I paid ten bucks for my. It was like nine ninety nine yeah. or something like that. So, um, but that's the way, uh, and that's what's going to happen with curly hairs. It's going to happen with. You can't support a hobby and the hunger for these wild caught animals. Yeah, and it's sad. Like I, I don't sell wild caught. I've been offered Arizona, Arizona blondes, for example, really scare me. Yeah. I went last summer with Tanya down to Arizona. I was going to show her how to locate tarantulas in the wild. She had never seen them. Mm -hmm. And first off, it was dry. The rains hadn't hit yet. So most of the burrows were plugged, but it was hard finding them. Mm -hmm. Those animals that are getting pulled out and being sold by the hundreds or thousands a year are 15, 20 years old. 
how can no, any habitat sustain any any ecosystem sustain that kind of um, pillaging yeah. <laughs> of 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 a of a a top predator? Um, the number of curly hairs and stripes that are coming out of Nicaragua is scary. Like at that show I was just at, you could buy hundred lots of striped stripe, and that's at a show that anybody could just go buy a hundred lot. Yeah. And you can't sustain that. Yeah. And, and but at the same time, who's going to breed them? Because if you can buy an adult for five dollars, what are you going to sell a spiderling for? Right. What? What? For the amount of work it takes to separate five hundred spiderlings and feed five hundred spiderlings of chalcodes or of samani or curly hairs. Some people do it, but. Mm-hmm. You might get five dollars, yeah, <laughs> but for the amount of work, yeah, and, and so there's and it's an unfortunate thing, and so as a as a result of that, a lot of people aren't breeding those things, aren't breeding vegans, aren't breeding because they're just they're just so common, and you can get adults or sub adults for the same price as babies, yeah, and because they're a slow growing animal, people just will, will almost always go for the bigger thing, um, yeah. And it's unfortunate because we're seeing it already with some things. Guyana has not come in um, in a long time. Um, I talked to a friend of mine who's an importer, and he said that the quotas went way down. So I think only, I think he said 200 Theraphosa sturmi are allowed out per year, mm. which is a good thing um, because, again, that's a, it's a big animal. Yeah. Um, it's a big predator on the jungle floor. Um, and uh, we were taken out by the thousands. Uh, strictly reptiles or some of these big importers in Florida. Yeah. They would import. It's cheaper for them to import by quantity. So they would import a thousand uh, of them. And it's just the, the, the wild can't handle that. And it's, yeah. We see it time and time again. Um, and uh, But then we see where it's helped, like uh, Brachypelma. I thought years ago when they put brachypelma on sites, I was like, why are they putting these animals on sites? Yeah. I'm like, I knew Smith I was coming out in pretty big numbers, like back in the day when they were 15 bucks each and stuff. But I, it's pretty much stopped. I mean, yes, there's still some adults coming out that I find hard to believe are captive bred adults and raised in Mexico and then sold. But we saw it today. <laughs> I mean, Tanya got a shipment in of captive bred Mexican brachypelma. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And, and, 20 years ago, I never thought I would see that coming out of Mexico. And there's a, at least three big breeders in Mexico that export. And I think it's fantastic. I wish other countries did it. Yeah. Uh, I used to do dart frogs for a couple of years. And um, there's a company in Ecuador and a company in, in Colombia that started breeding the rare uh, uh, Ufega, the rare large dart frogs. Uh, that are um, very sought after. They started captive breeding them, still selling them to us for a thousand bucks each. <laughs> and people were buying up every single one. Wow. And I don't think it's probably stopped the, the smuggling because, of course, a thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can go smuggle it and get it out for a fraction of the price. However, 
it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And and I think people are very proud to say, hey, I've got a um, a Tesoros uh, frog versus a one of of unknown lineage. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to see that happen with tarantulas. I mean, there's certainly countries that uh, Brazil. I mean, if Brazil would ever allow that, I know they allow they allow it for marine fish and and like aquarium fish and stuff. If they ever allowed something like that for tarantulas, I think it would be a huge hit. Brazil's got more species than any other country. Yeah. So, so as far as like a um, a hobbyist, one way you can help is to just to make sure you're only buying captive bred tarantulas. Oh, absolutely. Resist that urge to get the large, cheap. Abs- absolutely. Cheap. And then this is something that I've said a few times <laughs> that, that um, people don't agree with, but like. For example, at some of my shows, I will wholesale at the end of my show to some of the guys who sell a lot of wildcard stuff that kind of are just flippers. They just buy stuff. The stuff may not survive. Mm-hmm. But I, in my mind, I'm thinking I'd much better. I'd much rather see a captive bred animal die <laughs> of neglect or of, or of um, whatever it is yeah. than see a wildcard animal yeah. die. So if I if 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 me selling him or them 10 15 species of, of captive bread stuff then when he gets the next thing from strictly that only has two species of wild caught on it maybe he will say oh I got plenty of spiders already from Jeremy. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way I've always thought. A captive yeah. bread animal you, you can't release it back into the wild. Um you they're 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 captive bred animal. Yeah. Um, so I'd much rather push those on some of these guys who just flip stuff. I'd, yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to produce enough that I can call up strictly and say, Hey, buy 500 lots of Versicolors, 500 lots of, and then send, sell my stuff to them, even yeah. though they might not have a great reputation <laughs> and a great reputation for, um, bringing in wild caught animals. But if I, I'd much rather have them being selling Captive bread animals, I feel whether like, it's from me or somebody else. Um, Followed that logic. It's, yeah, yeah, it makes so. sense. Yeah, it's been weird lately. Like, I don't know if just because I'm been getting a lot more messages lately, but there's been multiple times curly hairs, samanis, and I, I don't remember the other species. But people are buying them at a, at a show, bringing it home. A month later, there's an egg set. Yeah, and they're like, why? Why? And I'm like, well, that's because it was a probably a wild caught. Yeah, so trans. Tarantulas in the wild, they breed in the fall for the most part. Like if we take take something like um, Samani and stuff, they're going to breed in the fall when it's kind of the start start of the dry season. That's when the males mature. They come out, they breed. The female then will dig down, be a little dormant over over the winter, start fattening up. When they unplug their burrows and the rains come, that's when they're they're making their egg sacs. A lot of the collecting is happening during that. So they're catching them just before they produce the egg sac. So that's the other point. Mm. If they collect a thousand curly hairs and say a hundred of them drop egg sacs, hundred times 500, they have 500 eggs per egg sac. That's that many more babies that should have been in the wild. You're just 5,000 babies that have been, if I did my math right. Yeah. I think that's what you, so 500 no, 50,000, 50, right? Yes. Yeah. We'll go with your math. Because <laughs> I'm not so, good at math. 
But yeah, that's 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 pretty wild. Yeah, so it's it's, de- it's devastating. Yeah, really. it, it it is, and it's it's um. <laughs> we can do something about it. Yeah, we can promote Captain Bread. We can for we can not go um, after that old pink toe, the adult curly hair, mm-hmm. and insist on buying Captain Bread. Yeah. Um, now that's not to say I'm not interested in wild caught myself. I still, if it's a species that. Is if it's a species I've collected for one because I know I'm collecting just for me. I'm not collecting. I'm collecting five, or I'm collecting, yeah. I can sex them in the field. <laughs> like, like I don't need to catch every every one, right? Um, or if I, or if say an importer does bring in something like not too long ago, an importer brought in some stuff from Vietnam. I was like, that looks different. So I bought some because I wanted to know what they were yeah and they look different than kind of what has always come in um so there are there are cases where that is the case but we know what curly hairs are we know what striped knees are yeah they all come in with egg sacs so there's plenty of babies available even at the shows i do reptile vendors has have them as freebies yeah so they're out there um just got to be patient and raise them up and, and get them to an adult. And, yeah. and, then, and that's the joy of keeping stuff, seeing something grow and all the changes, especially some of the, some species like Versicolor. It's a different color every time it chips. Yeah. Like it, it's a different shade of blue as the baby is to juvenile and then starts getting the adult coloration. And different pattern. And different patterns. Yeah. And, and it's just, they change every step of the way. That's why I like the green bottle blue so much. Oh, yeah, exactly. Green bottle blue Green bottle blues, uh, hands down. If you're only keeping one tarantula, it's the tarantula half. Heck yeah, it's <laughs> I agree. 100%. Great, great feeding response. They grow fast, colorful. They're always out. They silk. I mean, that's kind of what everything, what everyone wants. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of tarantulas that are common pet tarantulas that people want. To me, are pet rock. Yeah, like, <laughs> Grandma stole a polka. Is a beautiful tarantula. Doesn't do a damn thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> just sit there. Yeah, like, every day it'll be sitting in the exact same spot. So, yeah, that's very cool. So, if people want to find out more about you and what you have available, what's the the best way to come across your information? So, uh, my website's arachnidempire.com. Okay, um, best uh, to message me though, because I'm not real. I get a lot of different stuff, and, and sometimes I only get a few, so I don't put them on the website. Yeah. Um, um, and you could also Google my name. I've got some papers out there on whip scorpions and scorpions if you want. Um, if anyone, I also have two tarantulas that have been named after me. So you do which which ones? Uh, Nemus Jeremy Huffi and okay. uh, Trichopelma Huffi. Just got right described. On. That one's from uh, first one was from Malaysia. Second one is a uh, little dwarf species from uh, Dominican Republic. Very cool. Yeah. It, congratulations! Can you say congratulations for having a species I think it's named cool. after you? I think yeah, it's I cool. <laughs> I didn't know if that was the, the correct etiquette, but I would, I would want. I yeah, that's cool. exciting. I only have one of them in my in my collection. I, I need trichopelma still. Yeah, is it difficult to get species named after you? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah well, yes and no. I think that would. Be I think like if you're if you're a pro, like a, I, I, I was a pretty prolific collector at at the museum. Yeah. I collected thousands of scorpions i found several new gene genera several new species um i discovered uh avicular rick west eye 
which is now Antilliana Requesta uh, in Dominican Republic. So, I mean, I've always considered myself a very observant person and, co- and good collector. Um, yeah. Just, I don't know. I just find myself really in tune when I get into the forest. I don't, I don't feel like I miss much. That's awesome. Um, so I've been fortunate to find a lot of stuff that's new. Yeah. Um, and it helps also go into countries that aren't well traveled. Yeah. Uh, aren't well explored. Um, uh, being in, in French Guiana or Senegal or <laughs> Guinea Bissau, some of these countries that people just don't go to. Yeah. Um, or haven't gone to for a long time to collect uh, has really helped. I mean, Fran- and in Dominican Republic, I've I've found four four new species of tarantulas there. And I probably have found three or four new species of whip scorpions there. So it's an amazing country for arachnids. Unbelievable, unbelievable country for arachnids. Yeah. Cuba's even 10 times better from what I hear. Oh, wow. Like Cuba's unbelievable. The number of species there. Yeah. But they're like in Dominican Republic, there's probably 40 species of scorpions. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even if we look at all these formictopus, like I was joking earlier today with Frank and Tom about it. I'm like... Mictivist to me is all one thing until somebody sits down and figures it out. Yeah. Green femur, full green, gold carapace, like all these different purple, blue. Like, yes, Dominican Republic is very diverse. There's a lot of stuff there, but it's a tiny place. You can get from any point in the country to any other point in the country within five hours. <laughs> so to think that there's this many species, it's very possible. Yeah. We see it in scorpions. But scorpions also have very specific niches. You get them on, you, you'll get one species on uh, foot tall grass, and yeah. then you get another species on the bark a foot above. You get another species up in the leaves, like in the same same spot. Right. Tarantulas, not so much. They're bigger, they take up more space, and especially for mictopus, they all, li- all kind of live in the same spot. So you're, you're very unlikely to get two species in the same area. So you think that they would just be so? I think there's. Variations? I think they could be, but I'm, nobody's done any work. Nobody's done. I don't know what their spermatheca look like. I haven't spent any time looking at molts or anything like that. To 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 do. It's a species I can't really keep. I had a. I decided to get back into them, and I got a bunch. Oh, Started yeah. scratching. I was like, yeah, no more formictivus. <laughs> I got rid of formictivus. I got rid of all my pamphibates, all my therophosa. I can't do them. Yeah. Um, but. Um, some work needs to be done. It's very possible. Yeah. And it, it, would, it would follow a lot of the other stuff that we see in Dominican Republic in arachnids. Whip scorpions, ample pigeons are very diverse there. Um, and, and some of the some of the other spiders are very, very diverse. Um, like the little trichopelmas, I found three species, all relatively close to each other. I didn't know what they were. I collected them for the museum, put them in there. Rogerio Pertani pulled them out to do to do work on it and it turns out three the three species I collected were three new species so um, yeah so it's very interesting more work more work definitely needs to be done there are not enough good Theraphosa taxonomists um, it's not uh, taxonomy in general yeah it's not I think it's glamorous I love it yeah but museums don't <laughs> Museum, museums aren't even hiring Taxonomists are retiring, and they're not really they're they're more interested in molecular work or something like that, which is cool. Yeah. It's different, yeah. But we still need we still don't have, especially with invertebrates, we don't have a good grasp of what we have. 
uh, in our bio, for our biodiversity yeah. worldwide. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what you can find. And then people always ask me, like, how do you find these new species? I'm like, just go look. <laughs> it's, it's, Open it, your eyes and it, look at it. It's, I mean, we just found a new species of leopard frog in New York City. So, wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> they're there. You just yeah. got to you just got to look for them and find them. So, yeah, awesome. Um, I know this is kind of a weird environment to be having a conversation <laughs> and doing a podcast with all these people walking around and stuff. Right. But would you be willing to maybe? Do something like this in the future in a more secu- like like through Zoom or something like oh, that, yeah, where we can talk sure. without all the distractions. Sure, stuff. no problem. You seem like a, a wealth of information and experience. You really like to dig deeper and yeah, hear sure. some more of your stories, if you don't mind. No, no yeah. problem at all. I, I do have one, just one last question. You, you were talking about how there's a need for more taxonomists, yeah, but there's not really openings or people hiring. There's not. It's it's hard. It's a hard job to find and get. So, like, if people listening, I know a lot of them are young, mm-hmm. and they want to kind of get into, like, you know, biology or arachnology, stuff like that. Like, what what is the career path or you know, the, so I think, the school that you take to get into Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you want, obviously, a biology major, entomology majors, um, and, and really get into the molecular part of it, the DNA. Uh, and then you can, once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's kind of like the mob. Huh? Well, once you get your tenure, then you do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> so, but um, I think like the classic taxonomists who who would just go in the field and collect and describe and and draw and, and all of that. It's yeah. it's not gone. It's not completely gone away. It's just the focus, the big money, the money for grants and stuff is around molecular. So they're just, but you can incorporate like doing DNA. Yeah, you can still incorporate all of that into taxonomy. Yeah, um, and and that's what people are doing now. So you you uh, you can do that. But what I even what I noticed at, at the American Museum of Natural History, like after I left there, I know there was a lot of talk of bringing in people more into viruses and, and bacteria and. Which is cool, but it's you can't see it. You can't go into a museum and look at it. Like yeah. it's it's not, it's not it's not really um, um, it's not as exciting to me as like the scorp the scorpion collection at the American Museum of Natural History is phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. It's just I could spend hours. I and I curated it. I was in I was I was I was, I was in charge of like rebottling it and 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 I I would just like daydream basically yeah. about, about stuff and and i even to this day i could go in and see a specimen that i collected and remember what the rock looked like oh, that wow. i found it especially yeah. if it was something like was really cool yeah <laughs> so i was be like i know exactly <laughs> where i found you that's awesome <laughs> so people in the comments seem to be very excited to hear you on a podcast so oh, okay <laughs> we'll definitely have to do this <laughs> again in the future yeah sure well, anytime thanks for coming down and and being willing to talk to me for a few minutes. Yeah, no I problem. Definitely appreciate it. I mean, it's been it's been ins- a great day. Insane day. It's been a great day. It's yeah, been I've been excited about this. I was here when the store was em- completely empty, and Tanya was terrified of opening it. And I said, yeah. ah, don't worry, it'll be all right. And then I was here when we were building the building that and the little <laughs> little the hutch. hutch thing? Yeah, yeah, and, and we, we came down and did that. And then I came down for the the first kind of opening. Uh, yeah. Been, and then it's, it's been fun to watch and the line see from around afar. The yeah, the building opening. <laughs> yeah, and I pulled in here this morning. I was like, Whoa, yeah, it was intimidating. It's nice. It was good. 
Yeah. It's uh, it's not like in my first stint in the hobby, I never would have imagined that in North America. Yeah. In London, in for the British Transfer Society, absolutely. Yeah. Like that, that, they have such a huge following in Europe and a huge community in Europe. I just wasn't seeing that here. Uh, but in the last few years, that's what kind of got me back into it. I was like, cause I've always followed it. Yeah. Even though when I was out of the hobby, I was, I mean, I've been friends with Frank for going on 30 years. <laughs> and uh, um, so I've, I've kind of always still followed the hobby and, and, and seen the new species. Like when Balfour, I came out, yeah, I should get back in the hobby for that one. <laughs> and then a couple other things. Yeah. Um, so, but then I was just seeing more and more talk and it's, it's blowing me away. It's yeah. uh uh, and that's why I love doing shows, talking to people and seeing people and uh, getting people interested. It's It seems to be blowing up in all areas. Like, there's a lot more people making trench-related content. A lot more dealers are popping up. A lot more breeders. Yeah. A lot more yeah. artists are doing tarantula artwork. I mean, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's I mean, growing uh, everywhere. Like I said, like back in the day, like I had to wait for Brian Capiz to either fax me or mail me. His price list. Fax you. Wow. <laughs> or, like, I bought a fax machine just so I could get his list and a couple other people's lists. It's the only reason I had a fax machine. For the young ones listening that have no idea what a fax machine is. It's kind of like email, but it would you would write it and then stick it in a machine, and then it would print out on the other side. Yeah. yeah. And it was always on, like, waxy paper, and if you kept it warm, it would disappear. Yeah. yeah. Good old times. But uh, that's how, I mean, that's how, so communication and, and getting... Getting the knowledge and it was much harder. You had to you had to come to an event to find like-minded people. Today, with the internet and everything, um, you can connect much easier. And so, I'm not surprised that the hobby's grown because of that. And uh, I think it's a great, great hobby. I mean, especially for people with busy lifestyles. I mean, there's not too many animals that kind of thrive on neglect. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So. Very cool. Right. Well, thank you so much. All man. right. It's, it's thank been you. a pleasure talking to you. We'll definitely have to do it again. All right. All definitely. Right. Thank you. All right. Cool. Bye. See you. And that was arachnidempire.com. Check out his website. Follow him on uh, Facebook. And, uh, you know, just, just Google his name. You will find him. Okay. This is, this is Tanya Stewart. This is Kate Stewart. This is my wife, not Tanya. This is Tanya's husband. He's, he's hiding from the camera. This is Barry and, and Isaac. And a bunch of other people hanging out in the back there. <laughs> but yes, that is that is Tanya's husband. This is, this is my wife. Just kidding. Just an actor. <laughs> Don't say that. People will believe you. <laughs> and then way back here, where is he? There's Ryan. That's my son. <laughs> He's not happy about being on camera.